Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it to the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. Alright, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character—a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey, everybody! Welcome to this holiday episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Although I did not wear a Santa hat for this one, just no. I'm not gonna do it. Forget it. I was this close to buying one, but instead, because it's Wednesday, I opted for my finest Aquaman shirt because I need to do some Aquaman stuff when we're done here. Nice, good-looking shirt. Uh, you know, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna show that. Uh, you wanna wave that Aquaman flag. Mm-hmm. Let's be happening. called a hipster when it's popular. Exactly. Now, this episode is going to go live actually around uh, the end, actually uh, after Christmas. Uh, it should be on, like, the, I guess, the 26th, 27th? Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, you know what? The holiday season doesn't end just because Christmas is over. <laughs> nah, it keeps on going for as long as you... It, for me, it's not over till I take down the tree and I'm lazy, so sometimes I don't take it down till way after New Year's. Oh, yeah. But at the very least, we have the statute of limitations of New Year's. Hey, we got one person from the Patreon watching us right now. Welcome to the show, you lucky patron. You're going to see mm. this episode of uh, of, of whatever. <laughs> Maybe I should do the intro again. <laughs> that, that's all right. It's commentary time, everyone. Again, in this season of redos and gifts to the fan base, you wanted us to do more commentary tracks, and we're doing one for you, and it's holiday theme, so it's a twofer. That's right. Uh, we're going to be doing Justice League Season 2, Episode 23's Comfort and Joy. Uh, of course, this is uh, this is the only way that you can uh, you know get this kind of commentary. And of course, if you want to watch it along with us, you're gonna have to get your legally obtained copy mm. of your Justice League show. Uh, you can watch it on DC Universe or oh. on any number of places. I think Amazon has a copy you can buy. Uh, iTunes, you can also get it there. It was on Netflix for a bit. I don't know if it's still there though. It is not. Uh, I checked, and uh, no. But you can watch Batman: Bad Blood. On Netflix. Yes, of, of the true classic, of the true holiday classic, Batman Bad Blood. Yeah, uh, but we do have, D yeah, so I actually am watching it on DC Universe. Joel's watching it on a completely legally obtained version of the, of the show. Uh, so the way we're going to queue it up is, I've got it paused. Uh, the way, if you're watching it uh, via the internet, you may not have the intro with Bugs Bunny where he, like, intros the WB logo. If he does, mm. once Bugs Bunny disappears and it fades to black completely, Wait one second, pause it, or if you're watching on DC Universe, simply wait about, go to the three second mark, where the screen is completely black, it should fade on, you'll see two planets kind of co coalescing. Um, yeah. That's when it's going to begin, so I'll give you a minute to pause this commentary track, and we'll let you know when, uh, so when I say three, two, so you pause it there, and then when I say three, two, one, we're all going to unpause the show, <laughs> and then watch the show together. Yeah. So, make sure you got your, your episode of Comfort and Joy queued up. And so here we go. You're also going to be able to hear a little bit of the show in this episode. To help you I'll keep up. To, I'll try not to make it, like, too overwhelming. Here, I'll turn down my audio, too, because I never know right. what's getting where. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, here we go, everybody. Get your shows ready to go. And uh, three... Oh, Joel, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, good. And three, two, one, unpause. Get that great musical score. Mm -hmm. Here comes the, here comes a planet. It looks like it's gonna crash another planet. I I liked in the Justice League show they would do these little preambles sometimes, like the adventure before the adventure. Right. We are doing everything within our power to save your world. Here we go. 
this is a really fitting commentary to do too because pretty much everyone who's on the Justice League team in this show is big in the comics again in Snyder's uh, run. Largely in part to Scott you Snyder being a fan of the show. The I'm amazed it took them that long to say, you know what, screw it, let's just do the TV show. It's what everyone loves and remembers anyway. Let's just do the thing that everyone likes uh, or remembers. Mm-hmm. Novel concept. Yeah, because as much as everybody likes... Um, Ray Morrison's run on Justice League. It's basically this, but it's also like, it, that was a long time ago, and you know, mm. you know what happened between then and now? This cartoon show. Yeah, lots of stuff happened. Now, this was the season finale of season two, and the only episode that was standalone, one and done. Everything else was multiple parts. It's true. Everything was, like, literally connected to each other. It was, like, previously on X-Men, but for Justice League. Um, it was actually kind of a welcome respite. I remember being, like, being like, what's happening when I was watching this show mm -hmm. as it was coming out? I'm like, oh, are we doing a thing? Like, how will this connect? And it thankfully doesn't. It's just a little, it's a little thing. It was even more confusing if you watched this on Canadian TV because this was like first run on Cartoon Network and we didn't get Cartoon Network till years later. These episodes would trickle in through our YTV, so you would always end up watching arcs out of order and that always pissed me off. Oh yeah, no, that is insufferable. I mean, like, watching shows out of order is, number one, a good sign that a network wants to kill a show and number two, mm -hmm. usually the surefire way to kill a show is to, yeah. is to show it out of sequence. So the I mean, that was League... just standard Canadian TV there, being like, Matt, you figure it out, Canuck children. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, they never really, no one's ever thought, like, we should probably do something about this. I like that John wears underwear and a cape, mm -hmm. and Shayer yep. is wearing a jacket. Yep. She's like, it's chilly. <laughs> uh, you know, those harsh Martian winters you hear so much about. It's true. I think it is cold on the surface of Mars. I'm sure it must be. So what are they doing? They're saving some, like, fish planet? Yeah, I'm saving some crustacean people. Another planet was going to crash into them, but the Justice League were on this one. Right? That's awesome. Now come to Earth and solve the energy crisis. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you can save green people on another planet, but what about us down here on Earth, Green Arrow? <laughs> what do you think of this Superman's voice? Yeah, you know, there's... I mean, I watched more of the Superman show, but he eventually grew on me. Right? I remember um, the pilot for Justice League airing and me watching it and being like, oh my god, this is before I had like any real connection to like behind the scenes for this show in particular. Mm. I didn't even know the show was going to come out. I just saw a promo for it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this shit. And uh, so I didn't know like how much of Bruce Timm and Paul Dini or anybody was going to be working on the show. And then finding out like... And then seeing the animation side of me, I'm like, oh, it looks like Batman season four. And then mm -hmm. hearing Kevin Conroy's voice, I'm like, oh my god! They got Kevin Conroy. They're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it right. And then Superman opens his mouth and I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, you're you're not my guy. You're not the guy from Wings. Yeah, you're not Tim Daly. Uh, mm -mm. but then uh, a, a funny thing happened. I grew to like him. Mm-hmm. He really he gets some very meaty stuff, like in the Brainiac heavy episodes and in the Superman heavy episodes. Yeah, and as like a huge geek like me, like I remember being like, Man, I can't believe that they denied poor Tim Daly these opportunities to be freaking awesome. Mm. Uh, they give it to this guy. Uh, but that being said, like I apparently Tim Daly was just busy. He was working on like a live action show. He was just like, yeah. he couldn't do it. You um, and then he comes him. back every so often. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they never give this poor dude his due. He did, though. I think he played the voice of Superman on uh, Superman vs. The, the Elite. Oh, which is a really good one. Yeah, I think that's him. Uh, and he does a great job. He does just as good. And I'm like, I miss, like, I kind of like him. I think he does a great job. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, uh, for those who uh, weren't paying attention, the general thrust of this episode <laughs> is uh, Martian Manhunter is sad at Christmas and Superman's like, not on my fucking watch. That's right. Superman's like, eat this. Here's <laughs> joy and, and family. And story. comfort all up in you. And also, John's just having fun, you know, getting away from uh, all the Green Lantern business. Right? I, I, and what what is what show your motivation fun. to be with him besides, like, she wants to bang him? Like, why is she like, oh, I'll do this? Because she complains, as I recall, throughout this whole episode about how John wants to have, like, a fun, nice... That he's being corny. Yeah, and it's like, this is the guy, honey. Like, this is the person you want to be with. 
Now, is this before or after they uh, revealed that she was a spy from Thanagar? I think that was before. Mm, I can't recall. Because I know this is where they start planting the seeds of their relationship, but that doesn't pay off till later. No, I think, isn't like the season finale for season one, like her taking off her mask and then making out? Yes, you might be correct on that. I, again, I, I'm mixing up a bunch of stuff, I'm yeah. sure. It's been long since I've watched it in its entirety. As I recall, the second that, like, the Thanagar War ends, Shaira never puts on the Hawk the mask again. Yeah, that's right. And they have a whole thing where it's like, oh, we can't trust you. We got to kick you out and everything. Yeah. And I guess this plot for Flash is Jingle All the Way? Yes. Why not? I really like, of course, this episode is written by Paul Dini, who mm -hmm. is hilarious and has, like, a huge chip on his shoulder about children's programming. <laughs> Boy, does he. It's almost like he's worked it in it his whole life or something. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised there isn't, like, an Animaniacs dig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a farting duck is, uh, is pretty is pretty savage. Yep. Again, man who's worked in animation his whole life and I'm sure hates the toynetic nature of it. It's like, yeah, but can you sell the Flash, though? Can you put some more fart jokes in here, please? Right? All right, now we're back on uh, back on the farm. I like how there's no... Like, Superman goes through... He puts on a Clark Kent costume. He has mm -hmm. presents and a jacket. And John is just like, and I'm a big green Martian in a blue cape. <laughs> And that his parents don't care, and that they're super cool with it. Oh, I like that they're cool with it. It's more like, yo, you're, you're, you're in my neighborhood, man. At least pretend to be a guy. If they see John Jones coming to the Kent farm, it's only a matter of time till they know that I'm Superman. Yeah, you're gonna raise a few eyebrows. I mean, the fact is, like, that's one of the things I actually love about American Alien is that like everyone in Smallville knows he's Superman. That's a great wrinkle, and that the town just keeps it secret. Yeah, because it's just like you're one of ours. You're like we're a small town. We're not gonna lie. It's wholesome small town America. Yeah. Hey, did you see the uh, Supergirl Easter egg in there? She's part of the family portrait. I sure did. There's quite a few, and they say, hey, why isn't Supergirl here? Ah, because she's skiing with Barbara. Right. Nice. Oh, that's cute. Keeping that relationship going, that they were friends from the end of Batman the Animated Series. You know what that is? That's all Bruce, that, that's all, that's all Paul Dini. Just being like, no, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna drop that ball. I'm gonna make that reference. Also, don't we see a Streaky the Supercat in this episode, too? We do. I guess this is like, what the hell are we looking at? Oh, I saw Wiley Coyote there. Here he is, uh, he's streaky. Also, too, I think that little uh, alien plush on her bed there, that's, uh, that was like, wasn't that like John's sidekick back in the day or like an alien that showed up in one of his books? I think it has to be. It's cute that they're like engaged in the epic snow fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, too, I didn't get a chance to talk about, but the poster in the room there, that's yeah. also just pictures of the animators. Oh, yeah. I think they try to turn them into, like, a boy band or something. <laughs> that's right. I think they're putting, they're cramming poor Jean into Kara's room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are they on Earth, or are they on, like, a snow planet? <laughs> they're on the fish planet. They never left the fish okay, planet. that's what I thought. I was like, this just looks like Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can see Benny's house from here. <laughs> Feeling more festive? As my only frame of reference for Colorado. <laughs> Is it Benny lives there? <laughs> I, I, my, my Colorado references are just like, have you ever seen HGTV? Every episode yes. is in Colorado. Have you That's ever seen true. any new episode of any show on the Food Network? Guess where they're going? Colorado. <laughs> I wonder why. It is rather picturesque. I have a day off. It's funny, too, in this whole, you know, uh, Flash has to find a toy storyline. Yeah. They never once say, oh, he asked Santa for help. So amazing superheroes are real in this universe, but Santa is not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the well, Flash well, isn't a like, red... He's just, he... No, he's not real in this universe. Because I remember Clark is like, uh, you mean Santa left out. Or Santa took the milk of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, Clark. Jesus. But also, Flash, red suit, and probably could deliver a gift to everyone in the world in one night. Yeah. Isn't his ultimate pl ultimate plan being like, all right, I'll just go to Japan then? <laughs> that's right, he goes to, like, the, the manufacturers? Yeah, that's where the stuff gets made, right? Yeah. Forget I'm it. Flash, I'm an American superhero, gimme gimme. Yeah. I take it back. Grodd was never this much trouble. <laughs> This is cute. Very. I'm just, That's it. I'm just this whole episode is... 
<laughs> you it's hard not to, right? Because it's just so damn watchable. Yeah, it's so damn wholesome. Here we go. Mm. You, man, you remembered. This is our very last rubber ducky. But since mm. That's right, it gets wrecked. Yep. And the ultra humanites involved. Man, mm. by the way, shout out to the, the, the creators of the show for, like, making ultra humanite not only a character, but, like, a, a, like a good character. And to also have, uh, what is it, Gorilla Grodd in the sh same show, but not have them be carbon copies of each other. I'm a, I was, like, two big, terrible Flash villain monkeys. We're yep. gonna do that. Sure are. God wrapping his presence in lead do you think that must have been like really expensive and probably <laughs> cancerous <laughs> potentially poisonous what we now know about lead yeah uh, don't worry it was lead with a nice little lining of asbestos in there too just to be safe <laughs> i just read actually recently that apparently like the snow in the wizard of oz that they dumped on everybody was just pure straight up asbestos like not even a yes. little bit of anything else i heard of that too holy shit yeah how terrifying I can't even, like, good thing none of them survived long enough to dive game. To sue you, yeah. Yeah. I love this sweater. I would wear this sweater. It's a really nice sweater. Every year I almost get a Christmas sweater like this, but I always think against it, because, like, like, retro Christmas sweaters like this have come back in vogue in a big way. Yeah. I really like that, like, Martha is basically just used to making... Like beefy man sweaters. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. Jean has to morph to the size of Clark, which I think is really cool. <laughs> He's a little smaller. Yeah, I like um, the design of this planet. You could tell they were like, "This is the closest sure, thing we're ever going to get to an animated Star Wars show." No. Yeah, so yeah. Let's just let's just go for it. Also, oh. great opportunity for Lobo to show up in this episode and completely squandered. In the commentary, the official one, they said he was going to be in the episode, but they said, nah, you know what, if he shows up in here, he'll completely hijack it for himself, and we can't do that. <laughs> you know, uh, Paul Dini, who wrote this episode, is a huge nerd and loves Easter eggs and throwing in, like, references and stuff. He's the guy who wanted to put, uh, he's the guy who, like, championed to get Harley at the end of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Um... I have no doubt that he wrote a huge scene for Lobo in this sequence. Yeah, he did. Apparently, he gets thrown out of the bar before they go in and they talk a little bit. And then it's like, well, what does Lobo do for Christmas? I don't care. I just want him to be a cameo in this. I like these big frothy plugs. Oh, yeah. Oh. We do get lots of alien cameos in the background. I think uh, a bunch of the aliens are like Lord Spooge's henchmen. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I like... We, we, we establish, like... Basically, this is a cop who's just shown up like it's a narc at this yep. at this uh, disreputable bar. Um, T technically, two cops, although I guess, Shire, in this universe, uh, the Hawks aren't the space cops they used to be. Nah, the Hawks in this universe are just, like, warriors, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're a mixed bag. They're a little of everything. Swamp Thing was there, too. Swamp Thing also walked by for a minute. What? What would Swamp Thing even do out here? In space? I don't know. They just wanted to put Swamp Thing in there because they couldn't put him in anywhere else. Yeah. I think, what was it, this this wraps up with them just, like, having had a big fight, and then they're like, ah, oh, now we know where we come from. Her, her, her. Uh, a big fight, and also, I think, implied, uh, what is it, group sex with everyone in the bar as well, because what right. else they're would you all, do like, on Christmas? they in each other's arms, like, they, mm -hmm. like in Jabba's palace. Aw, oh, yeah. Weird. Wow. Someone I mean, look, I, well, why do you go to space if not for the hedonism? <laughs> I, I misremembered the end of this episode, and so I was like, I think that they smash the duck, but then Humanite reads them a story at the end, so it's better. And then I'm like, wait, no, Humanite fixes the duck, but mm. makes him say, like, highbrow entertainment. Yep, some straight-up PBS stuff. What the hell? You know Which, these kids are going to throw that thing in the garbage. As soon as you leave, yeah. Yeah. Which, actually, I think that was a holdover from another episode, too, when, like, Luthor gives him a bunch of money and Ultra Humanite just gives it to public broadcasting. He sure does. Oh, <laughs> by the way, great episode when, like, the Legion of Doom captures Batman and then off-screen, subtly, like, hinted at, Ultra Humanite just knows who Batman is. Yeah. And either it's like he figured it out or Bruce is like, I'm Bruce Wayne. You're not going to tell anyone who I am. I'll pay you more than Luthor's paying you. Mm-hmm. Make a big donation in my name to PBS. Exactly. <laughs> what a shame. So I can hear my yo yo ma. <laughs> it was a present for some kids who really wanted it. A paltry bit of plastic. And I like how Ultra Humanite's like, well, anyway, it's over. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's done. 
Don't you remember what it's I am a man of culture and taste. I know when I'm beaten. Yeah. I kind of really want to see like a flash yes. show with this Wally and, and like with, with the rogues. Cuz you never yeah. see more than like the About one episode Christmas. that the rogues oh, appear in. It's true. Yeah, it's funny the live action show introduced all the rogues but then squandered Captain Cold because he was way too goddamn good so they turned him into a good guy and now I don't think they'll ever do the whole rogues rebellion thing. Damn. That's a waste of opportunity. Like, boy is it. freaking monitor in our show but we won't actually make a rogues episode. They tried but it was like with all the lesser tier rogues where it's like, ah, see you, you made Heatwave and Captain Cold too popular and then you used Pied Piper once and never brought him back. <laughs> How do you get so many things so right and then so many other things wrong? And also, you've completely buried the lead with your Wally now. I've got two letters for you. Uh, CW is the mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Wally thing isn't totally their fault. Apparently, the actor has like a lot of issues going on. Oh, okay. Which is why he's just not on any of the shows anymore. So, is this like Humanite's lab? Like, <laughs> does he have all this stuff? It's his flop. But why right? did you hit me? You hit me first. It's rent controlled. Yeah. Jeez, you know, I want to kick him out because he's an evil mad scientist, but uh, always pays on time. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. He does creep me out and he doesn't dress like uh like I want him to. I mean, jeez. They, they also, also never what? I was gonna say they also never give Ultra Humanite an origin in this show. He just shows up like this and they never explain why he's like this. Right? I really like this. Mm. Oh yeah. It's cute to see Clark like kind of regress. Like when he has no one. Like when Lois isn't here. When Kara isn't here. Like he's a complete little kid again. It's the truest him. I really like that. Also, John too walking amongst the people, doing his you know cane and kung fu. Right. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Which I think all of his best episodes were basically about that Martian Manhunter trying to examine the human condition. Oh yeah. Um, I, honestly, one of my favorite comic book portrayals of Martian Manhunter is in uh, New Frontier. Mm, that's a really good one. Um, and I think they're trying to do that now in the new Martian Manhunter series, but it's just so boring. I couldn't be bothered. But he's a dirty cop, Sal. He was doing dirty cop things on Mars. Right, I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I like that's their newest thing where it's like, how do we differentiate him from Superman? What if he was a dirty cop? Right. I guess... Or you could just not do that. Like, <laughs> I think this episode, too, is the first time we actually see him assume the John Jones uh, persona and form he never did before. No, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does it here, and then he does it again when they're hiding from the Thanagarians. Yeah. Also, the big uh, Christmas carol they have there. I spent years looking for what it's actually called. It's called It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Yeah. Oh, you're not familiar with It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, eh? No, no, no. It's been a while since I've done mass. <laughs> <laughs> It's also like a Christmas carol. You'll hear it on like a classic Christmas carols playlist or whatever. That's um, true. Because as yeah. we all know, there's only two types of carols, the Santa ones and the Jesus ones, and there's way more Jesus ones. Well, it, you know, its roots are in that. Um, <laughs> it is his birthday, it right? It is his birthday after all. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, actually. Um, I, I, I think I'm familiar with the song mostly because of a Christmas carol, like mm. the play they play it a lot there. In, in the version I was in anyway. Oh, interesting. This, uh, this episode, too, reminds me a lot of the one where uh, Martian Manhunter, his, uh, his like, telepathy, uh, he couldn't shut it off, so he only ever heard the worst in people until, like, they try and find a lost little girl at the end, and it, like, oh, it fills him with joy and being like, oh, humanity's not all bad, and yeah. this is kind of like that, too. I like that. Yeah, the alien sees the good in us. Right. I mean, that's but, but, that's literally the origin of any non-Earth-bound superhero in the Marvel Universe. Is like, I was here to study and destroy you, I found out you guys are awesome, and I want to probably bang one of you, and so I'm part of your team now. I saw your beauty and your worth, and I will protect your kind, and I will protect your Earth. <laughs> God, I remember, doesn't he, wear, doesn't he make Ultra Humanite wear, like, an emasculating outfit? Yes, he makes him wear a... No, he wants him to wear a Santa hat. He's like, I'm not wearing the hat. And they're like, no, you're going to freak the kids out with your exposed brain. Please put the hat on. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. You, you are horrifying to look at. I'm sorry. Right. Well, that's already changed. Hello, it, so it, it glows. Is that D? 
And also reads uh, a nutcracker. Look how disappointed they are. <laughs> well, listen, kids, you can hear the rubber ducky, uh, what does it, tell you the story of the nutcracker, or you can see that crappy new movie. Right. So it's really up to you. You'll be disappointed either way. <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess it's nice. The, the, the duck is the duck goes from being like a tickle me Elmo to a mm. Teddy Ruxpin basically in the span of uh, only a short amount of time yeah because you know Paul Dini's like I remember Teddy Ruxpin I'll do that yeah I wanted to say thanks you really helped me out I did I like Flash did like, his rogues like in this in this show anyway where it's like they're very casual they're very casual sure. Flash is like I don't hate you I'm not trying to destroy you here's a weird tree mm-hmm like what I think, too, Flash could be more casual with his rogues in this show because they never introduced the reverse Flash. Right. Man, once, like, I guess it was Johns, like, whoever used reverse Flash to, like, become a, like, just a total monster. I'm your Joker. Yeah, they were like, well, we're never going to go back. Like, we're just going to do this, like, from now like from now on. Make, like, Flash comics sadistic and miserable. Forever and ever. Yeah. The Barry ones, at least. Right. But much like uh, Hal Jordan, I don't think Barry's ever going anywhere now. Yeah. See, look, they had a three-way. It's totally implied. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And grew much closer because of it. Yeah. Merry Christmas, John. You'll see him, actually, later on in the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a twist. Right? When John and Shire are in a really big bind, he pops out of nowhere. <laughs> hey, remember that magical night we spent together one Christmas? And they're like, we don't talk about it. Just help us out. <laughs> we never even got your name, sir. I, I I would love to know what the Martian song that John is singing is like from, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the Klingon translation? Yeah. Like, did, <laughs> and he got streaky to like him. Like, does he? I don't know. Does he like? Did they force this poor actor to sing something, or did they uh. write something? I like it. It's just, melodic. It's it's amelodic. It's just it's just haunting. It's very nice. It, it sounds alien as it should. Yeah, and I like that moment of Clark just being like, and he didn't. He said he didn't bring us a gift. He brought the greatest gift of all. Aww. Well, there you go. That was it. That was the show. Um, with that killer ballad. To close um, it out, yeah. Man, good show. Mm-hmm. And still holds up so well all this time later. It's true. Well, what's your favorite vignette from that episode? Ooh, probably the John one. I definitely think that was their A plot. That was the one they're leaving with the leading with. The Flash is pretty solid, too. Yeah, I, I, I really could take or leave the Shiera John plot. Yeah, it's fine. It's to further their romantic subplot that would pay off later on in the show. Yeah, I just, like it, I just don't care. Like, I was like, ah, uh, like, it just wasn't very strong. It's like, so women are from Mars and men are from, you know, mm. it's that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, Shire's... It's also the least Christmassy. Oh, big time. Oh, no, which which I think is deliberate. I think they're like, I want you to feel, this is a show for everybody. If you love Christmas and you're like, want to get into the spirit, this is a show for you. But if you also hate Christmas or, you, or you're or you a little bit... You know, of a of a, of a contrarian, you're gonna like this mm. episode too because you'll get the you'll get this episode for you. But, it's uh, true. I'm hokey, so I like the I like both those other vignettes more. As am I. But uh, there you go. Um, should we do another one? I don't know. I think we should. Do we? Should we do an X Men one? All right, we'll do that awful X Men, like Christmas with the Morlocks. Uh, or have yourself a Morlock Christmas. Tell you what, you can we can do have a Morlock Christmas, or because you've never seen it before, and because it's all free on YouTube right now, you could watch on Angel's Wings from X Men Evolution. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. All right, on Angel's Wings. Here we go. Because I I've been boosting this one forever. I think it's incredibly underrated. I think Evolution is underrated in general, but I think this is one of their better ones. Right. I remember it being a really like neat show and i really liked the designs and everything it was just like it just never really Collect. i missed it you know i just didn't get a chance to so if you are of a mind you can go on to youtube and type in uh, x-men evolution season 2 episode 7 on angel's wings uh once you've got it you we're just literally gonna just click go mm -hmm. on the episode yep. so get your it's totally free so you can pause us and then get your uh, episode queued up and ready to go uh so yeah three two one pause us
Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got the episode queued up. So, Joel, you got it too? Yep. Great. All right. Then uh, we're going to count down from three, two, one. So it's going to be three, two, one. And then you click on the play button on your YouTube uh, screen. Uh, we are still not going to show it on our screen because we really don't want to get flagged. But uh, you'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Let's get it going. Uh, three, two, one. Click. All right. And we got we got Christmas in New York. Mm-hmm. So Which I've never experienced. discussion on this one because I... I don't. I know very little about this show. All I do know is apparently like that, like awesome intro for X Men Evolution. The sequence of like Kitty and Rogue dancing is like. Yeah. I think from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they just like rotoscope. Oh, out, like, there's a lot of Buffy in this. Hey, Worthington Tower Hotels and Hitler is a doorman. What? Look at Jonah Jameson. He's like doing some volunteer work. That's who try to help out. This this is the first episode where we see Angel. Oh, okay. That's smart. He, he also leaves at the end of this, and we never see him again. The, this show did that a lot. They introduce fan-favorite X-Men, give them an episode, and then they'd never be seen again. I gotta say, that's kind of, like, in keeping with the old X-Men animated series. Oh, like, yeah. Basically, if there's a rule of thumb with the X-Men animated series, and that's if you saw... If, you're, if, a, if you are introduced to a new character who, who does not appear in the intro, you will never see them again. Yep. So yeah, uh, Warren has chosen Christmas time to reveal himself as a mutant kid of privilege, as he was in the comics, and he's uh, saw like a, a big house fire there, and he's going to help out with it on Christmas. Okay. See now, if I were if I were Angel and I like were in a world that hated and feared me, and like you know I didn't want to reveal that I was a mutant, I would dress like an angel and then go do good deeds. People would never believe that I even did anything. <laughs> That, that's literally what this episode is about. Oh, okay. I see Angel's that, rescuing a, an older Jean Grey. Yeah, basically might as well be. What what time-displaced universe are you from? Right. I just love it, because Angel is, like, he's beautiful and bewinged. And because of mass Christmas hysteria, everyone in New York will actually start to have, like, a whole Are Angels Real debate. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, J. Jonah Jameson's going to, like, have a field day with it. Oh, of course. Angels coming down <laughs> in our city. We didn't ask for it. Where, where's her wheelchair? Did he leave it? Yeah. <laughs> They're insured, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the sick intro for X-Men Evolution. A lot of people hated this show just for the fact that they made the X-Men teenagers. I was fine with it because it's like, hey, what better allegory for, you know, changes in your body and being hated and feared than being a teenager? Well, and that's how they started. Like, if you want to make the X-Men teenagers, like, that's the way, this is the way to start. Um, I think that works fine. And then even explaining, too, where Xavier's like, look, I can't just keep you in my home school for mutants forever. You have to actually go out into the real world and go to real high school and learn how to interact with people. Exactly. Um, I also dug, uh, what's his name? The dude who plays, uh, is it Steve Blum who plays Wolverine in the show? Yes, this was a almost entirely Canadian cast, this. So was the original X-Men animated series. I know, it's funny how that keeps happening. Uh, Kirby Morrow is Scott. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I dug, uh, I dug the a lot of actually about this uh what was it i liked that they went with the brown suit for wolverine on the show yeah that was a fun change uh boyd kirkland wrote this episode and directed it kirkland of course has his name over a bunch of superhero uh tv shows and movies was also a devout member of the church of jesus christ of the latter-day saint huh. but often fought against his church quite publicly and i think a lot of this episode is him getting his religious feelings out which is why <laughs> i think it feels so good and personal nice I like how Nightcrawler is just trying to perv out on Kitty, and she's like, get away from me, because you're blue and gross. Which is actually a holdover from the actual comic debut oh, yeah. uh, of Kitty Pride, who had a real hang-up on Kurt. And uh, that was also extended into the X-Men, the animated series pilot, which didn't become a show, but did become a video game for freestanding arcades. Pride of the X-Men. Uh, Pride of the X-Men. Oh, there was also, like, a subplot in this show where, like, Rogue wanted to bang Scott, too. Is that yes. what it was? Yes. That's neat. That was that was the love triangle for this one. A love triangle that suspiciously never existed in the comics. Yeah, when well, they made up. Yeah, but, but they, uh, they, they kind of turned her and Jean into like the Betty and Veronica of the series. Uh. 
Do you want, you know, the upper class preppy girl or do you want the cool alt girl with the white streaks in her hair? Uh oh, uh Gene's getting pissed. Well, maybe you should have gotten him a gift, Gene. Yeah. Also, maybe don't make Gene pissed. She might kill everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's no, happened you've awakened something in Bobby. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Which is funny. Iceman didn't get much play in this, but man. Yeah. This, so, this show was ahead of the goddamn curve on well, a lot of so things. So Gene just quits. Goodbye. She just leaves forever. Yeah, I, 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 I got family to go see. You you orphans can hang out here. Right. That's funny. I like how Gene's like, mm. I guess technically Rogue is kind of like a condom, like, <laughs> because she's not going to be able to touch him. Oh, I'm not worried about anything happening. Trust me, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you'll you'll emotionally cheat on me, but that's that's fine. That's par for your course. <laughs> yeah. You do that literally all the time with the aid of psychic powers. <laughs> this uh, this episode two coming uh, hot on the heels of uh, Cyclops actually finding out he had a brother in Havoc. Oh, cool! The uh, but the relationship wasn't good enough yet for him to invite himself to Hawaii to go and hang out with him. Oh, in the uh, in the X Men animated series, the the one that everybody loves. Uh, the only appearance, I think, of Havoc at all is in the episode where they try to, like, get Bobby back. Mm. And, uh, they, like, shoot their powers at each other, and they don't work. And they're both like, what's going on here? And that's all you get. And you're yes, just like, I remember. what? <laughs> but if you're a comic book fan, you're like, oh, I know why. They'll deal, they'll, they'll deal with this eventually. Not... Oh, so, Again. so what's this guy's problem? Uh, gotta stay out of Central Park, even, uh, even in the X-Men's New York. <laughs> Your suitcase will get stolen, but it's okay, because there's also more heroes per capita. Yeah, seriously. Now, here's a question about the X-Men Evolution series. Was it? In, did they make any other greater Marvel Universe references? Yes, this was the last time they were allowed to make reference to Captain America. Oh, that's right, there's a whole episode, like a flashback yes. episode, right? And it was the last one for years. Wow. That's kind of sad. Very sad. This this episode, too, is also, quote-unquote, the first time we see Magneto. We see him walking around just as Eric Lencher trying to tempt Angel to the dark side. Before that, we had only ever saw him in shadows. They were really trying to mystery villain him. Yeah, I, I remember those elements where, like, you'd see the Brotherhood, and they'd meet up with him, and he'd be like, you'd see his full costume, but they'd, like, put this mm -hmm. crappy digital shadow over him, and you're like... Who are you trying to fool? It's the main villain of the entire series. You know who you are. He did have a great reveal, though, when he finally did show up. Uh, not with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. He's like, nah, you guys suck. These are my acolytes. <laughs> I They're like way the better. It's actually a smart blend. Like, ditching the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I mean, like, you know, doesn't really do, do, much, do much for PR. No. Um, but calling them the acolytes is really smart. Also, too, in this show, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, they were literally like the other frat. They were like the rival frat house. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Which was cute because they were all like the harmless mutants like Blob and Toad and yeah. Quicksilver. Exactly. Who's like, well, if I do good on this team, maybe my daddy will love me and invite me to join the Acolytes. Nope. <laughs> uh... This also was heavily influenced by the show, by the movies. Oh yeah, no like, doubt. Just in just in terms of the character design for Magneto and the voice work for Magneto and Xavier. Mm, that's David Cage. Like, this is the show. It was actually like, this, this movie. Sorry, did I cut you off there? Oh, no, we no, had no, a I was bit of saying, a like this is just literally the movie. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. that's David K as a uh, Professor X. There, he actually lives and works like two towns over from me in Canada. Oh no way! Yeah, which which does not uh, help the stereotype that all Canadians know each other. Right? <laughs> hey, it's that same <laughs> sign waving lunatic. Uh huh. The end is nigh. Oh, sorry, wrong universe. I like how um, did Rogue set this up where she's like well, let's let's investigate this angel sighting thing very much so So she's like okay let's turn it into a date hey we're, are you hungry they uh, they also were sure to drop uh the little thing there it's like well if xavier cares so much about this angel why doesn't he use cerebro ah you know cerebro's down for servicing over the holidays oh is it really is that their excuse that's their excuse it's down for servicing <laughs> well everyone's arrest it i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. like i thought Xavier just probed their mind and was like, Rogue could use a little, and Jean's kind of uptight. 
<laughs> I know this. <laughs> I know what you're I'm thinking. I'm a creepy, you totally I'm a want creepy old man who <laughs> actively moves my students around so they'll date. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I move these children around like pieces of chess. <laughs> also, uh, Beast had some good Shakespeare quotes there. Or no, uh, they thought it was Shakespeare, but it was the Bible. When he's like, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio. And, uh, uh, that, that is... That is Shakespeare, but... Oh, no, wait, he does both. He does Shakespeare, and then later he does, and by those who entertained angels unaware. That's the Bible. There you go, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was a Horatio in the in, in the Bible. <laughs> there might have been. <laughs> you know, you know, near the back. We don't talk about him that much. Exactly. Well, maybe one of them was, uh, you know, someone beget somebody else who beget Horatio. <laughs> beget Dave. So we're, I mean, like, oh, crap, just Angel has a costume now. Yep, he put it together in the last little bit. He figured he better cover his face after his last run in. And he better make it an X theme as well. Mm -mm. Also, also, too, you know, maybe uh, he put the mask on because it's winter and it's cold to be flying around. Yeah, not because he wants to look like a superhero or a member of the X-Men or anything. Also, Magneto's plan here is great, too. Hmm, alrighty then. So, I I gotta turn people against Angel. They love him too much because he looks like too much of a hero. I know. Right, I know. I'll kill these people. Does, does he... Okay, no. Or uh, he does try and kill a child in a second, though. Oh, cool. What, uh, what, what would you call this on your channel, Sal? What kind of scheme is this he's working? Oh, this is a ridiculously circuitous scheme he's working Boy, right now. It? It's just, just he's got lots of lots of layers. Oh yeah. So if I mastermind this and then blame it on him in a few minutes, like what, what, to to what end, Eric? Because if people hate him, then he'll want to join me. I'll give him my pitch. Uh, if you have to manufacture a scenario where you, like, are effective or like good, mm -hmm. you're not truly good. <laughs> no, your pitch isn't that good. Exactly, it's not a solid foundation, man. Well, Could you support? Oh, got your picture taken now. <laughs> it didn't work and he comes out he's like, hey, no, he's actually a bad guy. Yeah, good uh -huh. call. Yeah, mysterious man in a trench coat and silver hair. I believe what he said. Yeah, hey, we're all gonna gang up. I'm an old man. Do you want to help? Where are you going? <laughs> Time to get out of here. I can't believe they didn't. He hasn't joined the team. This is a whole setup episode where they're just yep, like uh, put him on the show. Here's the thing: he doesn't actually join either team. He's like, actually, you both suck. Right. Well, I get that. I'm just like, but like, what? What? Why not just put him on the show? Because they had other mutants they were more interested in pushing. Heck, Spike was a big character for the first couple seasons. Then they write him off, and he joins the Morlocks and is never seen again. Really? They just get it? Because I remember they like Spike was a big push. That was like, yep. The, I don't even remember if Spike was even a freaking original mutant or if he was like made up for the show. But uh, I think he was like a little of both. But Spike sucks. And they were like, yeah, he's he likes to skateboard, and he's like, he's he's the new, he was like the Kitty Pride character. Like, he yes, shows he up, was. Like, this is all strange and interesting. He was a class clown, he got several focus episodes, he had a rivalry with Quicksilver going on, because their yeah. origins are tied in this show. Oh, really? Yes. Why? Uh, they went to the same school, were on the same sports team, and uh, Spike always outdid Quicksilver, because he always had to hide his powers, and he resented him because of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and then eventually they both manifest on the same night. And he gets his big initiation into the Brotherhood, and uh, Spike ends up fighting him. Why? Oh yeah, oh yeah, because they have tryouts in this show. It's not enough to join the Brotherhood. We need to have tryouts. If you are forcing people to like go into death trap scenarios so that they can be manipulated by public opinion to join your squad again, like you probably shouldn't be picking and choosing. You're desperate yeah. for members here, man. That, that was more Mystique's thing. Mystique, who was also the principal of the school in disguise. She was Principal that. Darkholm. I remember she was very subtle. Uh, I remember Mystique being like, yeah, she was like the, yeah. I was going to make a reference, but I don't want to spoil a show uh, on Netflix right now. Oh, where someone is the, I think I know the one you mean. There's like a, there's like a sexy female, like, you know, administrator that's like, you know, isn't what she seems. I gotta tell you, this Magneto costume is dope. It's really solid. I'm amazed we didn't see more of this one. See what I mean, by the way, about the artificial, like, 
digital shadow. They yeah. clearly just made Magneto, and they were like, let's like give him a little more shadow. Like, we get it. It's Magneto. <laughs> He's menacing. Uh, does, I mean, since they took so much from the movie, and they wanted, you know, they clearly wanted to, like, use the juicy Charles and Eric best friend relationship. Mm-hmm. Does, uh, since, like, Magneto's more of, like, a puppet master throughout the first season or two, Yeah. do they ever, like, throughout that first season or two, like, have Xavier go, like, oh, Eric, like, you know, like, refer to the fact that they're friends and, and like, are compatriots of some kind? Eventually we will get there, but it also gets even weirder because there's a whole episode where they address the fact that being a Holocaust survivor, Magneto should be way older than he actually is. Oh, really? They address that? Why? They they do, and they do a whole episode where Magneto has to do a thing to get his youth back. Oh. <laughs> That's a weird episode. It's also a, a, a Nightcrawler and a Kitty Pride-centric episode because this show kind of seeks to imply that Magneto is actually Kurt's dad in this. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they never say it outright, they never answer it, but we see a bunch of flashbacks from Mystique's point of view uh, in like a creepy German castle calling Magneto a monster, what have you done to him, and that's when she like sends baby Nightcrawler down the water like Moses. <laughs> I like that uh, Cyclops and Rogue had to put on their X-Men costumes in order to deal with oh, this. Yeah. Well, they were at the church and saw him leave, so they had to stop off, change, and come back. Right? Look, Magneto's going to be wearing his costume, so we have to be wearing ours. Exactly. I mean, that being said, it's a children's cartoon. If I were... I remember being a kid. I remember they, them, like, trying to test that a little bit. Like, especially with X-Men Animated, but also with, like, Batman the Animated Series. Being like, oh, let's just do an episode where he's a hero and he doesn't need to wear the costume. And I remember as a kid being like, he's got to put on the costume. I don't... I'm not here for regular people. Yeah. You know, it's funny, in our Pitch It episode we did not too long ago where it's like, hey, let's create, uh, like, a Marvel Christmas thing that, like, you know, might not entirely be about Christmas so it can be replayed. This is kind of one of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so far I've not really gotten much Christmas out of it except for the fact that, like, could Rogue fly before? She flying because she took Magneto's power. She took Magneto's power, so now she can fly. She could not fly in this show. That's too bad. Yeah, because I... I liked that they were like, let's just do something totally different with Rogue. But also, mm. the show, the first show, is pretty much the thing that makes people like Rogue. Like, Rogue oh, is yeah. tortured and interesting and, like, sorrowful, but also, like, joyous and loves life and super-powered. Like, she She's should a be strong contradiction. and fly. She should be basically, like, a tortured, you know, like, energy vampire Superman. Mm-hmm. Um... I think Rogue gets defeated in a really stupid way. I think, like, like an air conditioner falls on her and something, and that's the end of the fight because Magneto needs to be a villain later. Right, because we can't just have them beat him and then be no. like, hey, Professor, we've defeated Magneto, literally with only two members of the team. I guess we can just send all the other guys home, huh? Yeah, but like that, I think that's the only Christmas thing about this is that, like, most of the team isn't here because yeah. it's Christmas time. And they have family and lives, unlike the two unloved Christmas orphans. Right. And Beast. And Beast, too. Yeah, do they explain where the hell Wolverine is? Uh, drinking. Because if Wolverine is not on screen, people need to be asking where Wolverine is. Where Wolverine. We actually get a nice little snapshot at the end of what all the X-Men are doing with their holidays, and I literally think Wolverine is just drinking. Oh, cool. I mean, what else would he be doing? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Although, I think in Christmas with the Morlocks or whatever, or have yourself a Morlocky Christmas, uh, mm. Wolverine is just like, I hate God. <laughs> yeah, really. He's very, he's a real Grinch in that one. He really is. And he doesn't really learn a lesson. He like kind of, no. they're like, you have to learn a lesson. They like, force him to learn one. But at the they, same they time. They browbeat him into giving some blood and pulling <laughs> off a Christmas miracle, even though he doesn't really give a shit. Exactly. Well, he's one of those people who like, insists he doesn't care by caring more than anyone else in the room. Like, uh, I hate Christmas! I hate it! Like, I don't care at all! Like, well, if you don't care, then, like, you should probably, talk, you, like, yep. you should probably like, tone it down because you're freaking out right now. <laughs> I'm not freaking out! I'm cool as a cucumber! 
So yeah, they, they literally give him the pitch for the X Men, and Angel's like, "I don't know, man. You oh. all sound messed up to me." So I live in a big empty house with a bunch of losers. Nah, I'm rich, bitch. Fly. Literally. Also, too, Angel going around and uh, saving people solo. That 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 was in the comics too. Before he ever joined the team, he was like a solo hero, the Avenging Angel, or yeah. is that like another Golden Age hero? I'm thinking of. I think that might be another hero, but I do remember Angel leaving because like the X Men have have like disbanded and changed like a lot more than any years. other. I mean, like the X Men that you know were X Factor once. Mm. <laughs> like that's how different things got. Uh, so here's what everyone's doing with their holiday. Jean's oh, getting a tree. Hey, Kitty's Jewish. Yeah. I mean, that's we knew that. But <laughs> but now we're showing you on screen, which was big at the time. Isn't Chris, isn't, isn't Hanukkah over? As it comes and goes, yeah. but it remains. I was always amazed by the attention to detail with Kurt's little, like, it, like, vision changer like is oh yeah that they that he like his hands never like changed you know what i mean like that his fingers were just kind of like close together it was a nice touch why would you ever get into a snowball fight with storm yeah isn't isn't spike related to storm in the show yes he's her nephew there you go i love they just they just kicked him out of the show yep he's just like "Eh, go live with the morlocks we have nothing left for for you to do yeah there we go. We're just two lonely men mm-hmm. drinking cocoa. <laughs> no time for a wife. Oh, I was married a little bit. Actually, actually, Legion has a good episode in this, too. What? Legion? Yes. They're like, we have to go back to Scotland. My illegitimate son has been kidnapped. <laughs> and then we find out, no, he's not kidnapped. All these people are just his split personality. That's cool. Well, there you go. That was uh, X-Men Evolution on Angel's Wings. I like this one. It's a good one. It's actually pretty fun. And, like, oh. if you're just watching Christmas specials for, you know, superhero-themed cartoon shows, couldn't go wrong mm. with this. It's certainly more tolerable than have a Morlock Christmas or whatever the hell it, it is. It is. I tried watching that with a group of people, and we stopped, I think, about eight or ten minutes into the episode. It's like, really rough. This is rough. Like, all the good stuff about X-Men the Animated Series still holds up, but, oh, wow, is the bad stuff pretty bad. It's really rough. Um... Yeah. I, I recommend, uh, if I was going to recommend any other show, I'd be like, watch The Tick versus Multiple Santa. That's pretty fun. Ooh, that's good. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. A full almost hour of commentaries for superhero-themed Christmas specials. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us and enjoying this commentary track where we just kind of rambled on about all kinds of random crap. Um, if you uh, if you want more of these, let us know, because uh, it was fun to do, and it's not that hard, so... Yeah, we'd love to do more and uh, to our patrons who might be watching we do appreciate you hanging out with us and, and uh, taking advantage of this opportunity and mm-hmm. uh, so from there we will see you guys next time uh, in the new year when the, when oh, the yeah. 2019 approaches that's when we'll be back that's pretty crazy mm-hmm. what do you think you think it'll be better this year we can only hope right <laughs> be cautiously optimistic of the future every year I am and uh Sometimes I'm I'm rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's it for us <laughs> on that cheery note. We'll see you guys next time with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.